Welcome to episode 53 of Girl Take the Lead, where each week we explore womanhood and leadership, and I'm your host, Yo Canny. In this episode, I'm joined by Toni Morris, a boomer, also known as Nana, to her Gen Z granddaughter, Taylor Herrera, who joins us also. You may remember Toni from episode 40, where she discussed the book Burnout by the Nagoski Sisters. Today, Tony and Taylor team up to explore the following questions with us. What is leadership? What do we want in our leaders? What challenges do we face leading people of different generations? And how can more experienced leaders help newer leaders? So interesting to hear the different generational perspectives. And I think you'll agree their insights are powerful and get to the core, which is about trust being one of the greatest leadership skills we can develop. Oh, there is one alert I really need to make. Have a hanky nearby. The love, respect, and admiration this granddaughter and grandmother have for each other is truly moving, and it'll grab at your heart such a beautiful conversation between them and I hope you'll enjoy it. Here you go. So welcome to Girl Take the Lead. Miss Taylor and Miss Tony. I'm so happy that you're here and bringing forward a really great conversation about leadership and digging in and looking at leadership from different generations and the perspectives that we all have. Listeners, Tony is Taylor's grandmother, although you would, you're, you're both so beautiful, you would never know it. (laughs) (laughs) We have two generations with us today to talk about this. So Taylor, would you mind introducing yourself to the audience and just so they get to know your voice and a little bit about you? Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, So my name is Taylor and I have a background in leadership in a few different departments, I guess. I've been an esthetician for uh, about five years, um, and I'm currently leading a team of 16 um, at a sales department. So that's currently what I'm doing now, and I absolutely love it, and I'm excited to talk more about my leadership experience. Great. And you're um, a Gen Z. Tony, if you want to introduce yourself. Sure, thanks. And I am excited to be here for lots of reasons, but it's such a great opportunity to be here with my granddaughter. I love spending time with her any way I can get it. So exciting to me. So my name's Tony, and I am have been in leadership for about 30 years in one form or another. Done a lot of different things. I've been in operations and um, a lot of startups, uh, hospitals and surgery centers and such. But my love and passion is really about teaching other leaders and doing training and coaching. And that's really what I'm focused on now. So really excited for today. Yeah. And thank you for coming back, Tony. Um, The listener, she was in episode 40 with us and here we, uh, she had this great idea to join Taylor and for us to talk about this. And I went, yes, that sounds (laughs) terrific. So let's get started. Probably it always helps to start with a definition on, you know, what, what do we think leadership is? So Taylor, you want to kick us off? Throughout my experience, I mean, I've been lucky enough to be in different positions to experience different types of leadership to define what leadership is to me. Um, And leadership to me is 
having trust in whoever your superior is at whatever job you're in and being able to have that communication with them and have that person that you really are looking up to. Your leader really should be someone that you can help guide you through whatever job you're in or whatever you're going through at that time, whether it's personally or professionally, just that person that you can look up to and help guide you in whatever you want to do going forward, whether it's advancing in that specific job or maybe something else, but just having that person that really is that true leader to you to help advance whatever you want to do. Tony, anything you want to add there? Yeah, I think for me, leadership means being a role model and really showing both by your experience and in your um, behavior what um, what leadership is all about. So I think the job of a leader is to help the people they lead to be successful, whatever their needs are, whatever it takes to help them. And sometimes that's hard stuff. And sometimes that's um, really motivating and inspiring stuff, but they both have the same goal is to help them be successful. And what do you think we want in leaders? I think that's something that I want to see from leaders is that I haven't had that I mentioned was the trust and being able to know that in whatever circumstance you're in, that you really have that person that you can trust in your job. It's going to help your daily work life, knowing that you have someone that you can go in and that you can trust with anything that you need. Um, that's something that I've always looked for and that I am hoping to be in my leadership, but that's I'm my most important thing. I agree. I think that trust is, it, it, it's a lot of things. So it means that if I'm leading someone, they trust that when I am giving them advice or when I'm having expectations, that it's for their betterment and not for my own. So it's, I think also that they can come and ask questions, not be afraid to ask questions. Not that I expect them to know everything. And, and then also I think trust is that helps the people you lead not be afraid to fail. So yeah, I think trust is a really strong uh, thing that leaders should have. I also think leaders need to be humble. I think there needs to be humility. And I think when, when as leaders, we can admit our mistakes and, and show what we learn from them. I think that also builds trust with the people we lead. I think that the confidence that comes from humility and having self-awareness is a different kind of confidence leader, um, confident leader than someone who leads because they think they have to know everything and they have to um, seem like they never make mistakes. That's more ego-centric. And I think it's they both, there's two kinds of confidence. And I think we need comp to be confident to be great leaders, but that needs to come from a different place, I think. You, you know, one thing I did a little research on different qualities of leaders that would keep, you know, popping up online. A lot of them were like decision maker, good communicator, sets an example, motivates others, calls attention to success, which I thought was good. But one, th I, one, aspect I did not see come up on any of those lists was to have a sense of humor, mm. right? I mean, I think it was episode two, is leadership funny? And Karen Buxman and Andrea Canny talked to us about laughter coming from leaders that really can lighten the load for everyone, mm -hmm. right? And points out the 
obvious things that are going on that everybody is seeing, but not talking about, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. And making it okay to have that observation and making light of it. I mean, Tony, you're laughing. So I'm thinking you resonate I with agree. that. And I, th I think one of the things that some leaders might struggle with that is because there's a perception that the job is serious. And if we're, they aren't quite sure how to balance that. I, um, I'm no longer at the last job that I was at, but I had the most amazing team and we had fun together and we could laugh about things. And we, I think everyone on the team had a sense of humor and it was, it did make a difference. You felt more connected. You felt more real, but I don't, I, I don't know that that's, you know, historically, I don't think that that's been something that we think about. You think right. about work more seriously and, right. and the other outside of work, but I think those lines are blurring. I think sometimes too, we focus on the performance evaluation and you don't see aspects on the performance evaluation, like, oh, sense of humor <laughs> right. or, or on oh, the resume, <laughs> right. Or caring, mm -hmm. you know, or trust, mm -hmm. you know, these are, you know, the soft skills, we call them, they don't show up necessarily on our performance evaluations because they're the soft skills and we're being assessed on our competence for the hard skills. Can I, I say something about that? Absolutely. Please. I, for probably the last 10, 20 years, I have had this reaction to the term soft skills because they are the hardest skills in the world <laughs> for people to master. When they're called soft skills, there's an automatic diminishment of their value for some reason. And it just, I, I was like on this mission, how can we come up with a different way to what diff, something different to call them because they're not soft. They are hard yeah. and they're so important and they are so much deeper and have carried so much more weight and they are what help us to do the other stuff. Yeah, let's change I'm, it to the most important skills, most <laughs> important skills. And let's change performance evaluations. So they're reflected in there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's an actual dimension that you're measured on that says how much you built trust in your team. How, how much did you show empathy, compassion, and care? What, what do you think, or maybe it would be good to talk about some specific experiences we've had and Taylor, what do you think? I'm going to start with a negative experience. Um, just because it was a recent one for me and one that I think might hit home to a lot of other people. So I helped a company kind of start up a new location in a new, in a new state. And I was super excited about it. I got to fly out and go meet them um, before I kind of decided if I wanted to change my job. Um, I was happy where I was at, so I wasn't sure if it was going to be a move I was going to take or not. And so I flew out and I, I loved the leadership there and I was really on board with it. And over the period of, gosh, I want to say it was like four or five months. Uh, they went through some leadership changes and the entire company changed. And it really just goes to show with like leadership is so important and how much it affects your daily life, even home life. Like I feel like when you have a bad leadership team at work, it's going to affect everything because it's going to affect your mood and all of that stuff. So long story short, they went over some changes for management and I was in a really bad place just because I, I don't feel like I was happy working there anymore. And that was really tough and finding 
you know, what exactly it was or kind of figuring out, oh, like it is leadership or kind of like, what is that kind of thing? And I actually don't work there anymore. And I, it was the best thing that's ever happened to me just because I, I'm somewhere now where I'm very happy under great leadership. Um, I have trust with my manager now, and we do have those soft skills with each other and we can joke around together and works fun. And I love it now, but that's kind of an experience I had just like when management changed at a current job and how much it can affect everybody in the business. Yeah. They didn't really communicate well, right. What that change was about, who was, what it involved. Yeah. Communication is a huge thing that I think gets overlooked a lot of times. And for me, that's, I mean, me and my (laughs) Nana talk about it all the time, but communication is so important. No matter what kind of thing you're delivering, it's not always what's being said, it's how it's being delivered um, to your team or, you know, the company as a whole and the delivering communication is really important. Yeah. I can remember being at um, a company and the whole leadership team and the directors, which I was at at the time, were being actually replaced. You know, you know, there's always this mood in a company, right? When those things are going on and closed doors are happening and this person's coming and talking to that person and they never did before, you know, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> you can feel it, yeah. right? The one, one good example I can remember was someone from that leadership team brought me into their office. They weren't my, I didn't report directly to them. But he brought me into his office and he said, you should be looking. And I said, okay, got it. And I thought, one, he went out on a limb because he didn't have to tell me that. I didn't even report to the guy. Secondly, he he was human about it. Like he saw that people, things were going on. And I, I, I still admire him greatly for doing that and being sensitive enough. And I know that in companies, you're not supposed to do that. You know, like we have our communication procedure. This group will know first, this group will know second. (laughs) Meanwhile, everybody's walking around with that spiny part of their reptilian brain going, something's happening here. I don't know what it is, but I feel it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can appreciate that that was not handled well for you. Tony, what about you? What is there? Yeah. Well, first I want to say, and I don't know if <laughs> I want to just say how proud I am. Taylor has always been very mature. I mean, I, even as a young kid, I was always amazed at how mature she was. And um, I just have watched her grow and, and she's always been true to herself. And she's always, she's respectful when she's, when she's even treated disrespectfully. Um, She just handles herself so well. And I just know she's going to be the most amazing leader and it just makes me super proud. So um, just have to throw that out there. (laughs) Um, My experience I've had, you know, I've been really fortunate because I have had many, many, many wonderful leaders and who mentored me and encouraged me along the way. So I feel really grateful for that example. And I think I've learned a lot from that. Um, I've had experience with a not so good leader. And I think it comes back to all the things you both are saying. Um, I, I couldn't trust them. I didn't believe 
what they were telling me because they had already lost the trust. So everything they said was in question and they were very manipulative. You know, you could, you, it always felt like it's always about them and how they look. It just was not a, a fun place to be. And it did not feel like motivating or, or somewhere where I could grow and, and become the person I wanted to be. So fortunately I didn't stay there very long. <laughs> when I was thinking about this today, I, I had this thought that there's this tension that happens in organizations where there's upper you know, management and leadership, executive leadership, you count on your leader, you know, that they care about you, that they will um, also go and advocate for you. And yet their hand, you know, it's, they're being squeezed by this upper management kind of direction, which is, you know, no, we do things to save the company from being sued, <laughs> right? Everything we want to protect the company, but there we're human beings. So we want to relate. And so there's this, this tension. Cause I started to think of what do I expect my leader to do? And that if what I wanted them to do was to protect me and mm -hmm. to advocate for me, mm -hmm. like I would follow them anywhere. Mm -hmm. If they did that, what do you guys think about that? I mean, is that that it's a difficult place to be in at times when you're feeling that kind of tension as a leader. I've actually, I feel like also recently been in this position. I feel like, I mean, I, I totally agree with you on the aspect of like, when you feel that from a leader, like I would follow them anywhere because that's so important. And it's at times really rare to find. So when you find it, you cling on to it. Um, and I've been in experiences both ways where I didn't feel my manager would do anything to help me. Um, where you kind of had to pry for help or you didn't have that trust where like you didn't know if they would advocate for you if a situation happened or give you the benefit of the doubt. And as kind of becoming a leader now, I felt like I've known exactly what I didn't want to be. And that's what I didn't want to be. And so I've taken the approach of being more nurturing and calling out the good things and just being like, I'm here to support you. Like, what do you need from me in, the, in support versus like, dragging people are down and saying like, you're not doing this, this, and this, like being that motivator. And I've noticed a huge difference in success in my own team currently under a different change in leadership um, compared to a different team that has a different leader that is a little bit different in how they go about things. So I, I really agree with that. And I feel like I've been on both ends of that. And I can just truly know, like when you have someone that supports you and has your back and you can trust that they have the best intentions with anything that they're doing in regards to you or the whole team, it makes a huge difference in everything with the team. Yeah. I've actually had an experience where I did follow my leader. They moved on to a new company and I followed them because I, and, and it was not that my job was bad or I didn't like my job. I just loved working with them so much. So I do think there's that. I also think that leaders, there's, there is that real challenge. So in, in I've been in roles where even at the top, so I was a chief executive officer of a hospital. I still reported to the board and the board had all the more power. And if they didn't like something or didn't want something, there was a lot of pressure from them to 
take different actions that I may want to or, or not. I think because of my style of leadership and my really strong belief in, in being that kind of leader, I've actually made decisions to leave because I just, it didn't feel right. And I didn't have the same values around a decision, but I do think people get put in a position. I, and I was fortunate because I could leave. I think sometimes there's that, that kind of in-between leader that um, needs the job desperately is, is really fearful. And there's this pressure for them to take an action, even if they don't feel good about it. Sometimes they have to do things that, you know, they wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. So yeah, there is a definite tension that happens. Yeah. And I think good leaders find a way of helping their teams understand, you know, that they've asked a lot of questions in advance of communication so that they have anticipated Taylor's going to ask and, you know, what Tony's going to ask and how to address some of that. It leads us to another question, which is when we're leading others, especially those of different generations, how we communicate and what are, what are the, some of those challenges? <laughs> because we were not all raised the same. We didn't, we didn't experience the same things. Taylor, what have you faced in <laughs> challenges so far? So it's, it's honestly kind of crazy. I feel like in every leadership job I've had, I think I've always been the youngest person leading all these people that were older than me. But I also think people don't never knew how old I was or don't like, obviously they're not going to ask, but I think, you know, how I present myself is a huge thing with, you know, leading people that are older than me and kind of the same things we talked about. If I can make it so that each person on my team, regardless of age, trusts me, I feel like that is the, that's the biggest battle. If someone trusts me and knows that I'm going to do what's best for them, regardless, um, it doesn't matter how old or young you are. Um, that's where I found my success. Um, as far as just like when you build that bond with someone, it doesn't matter. It, it does, age doesn't matter. Obviously, there's going to be times where you do find things that are difficult, whether they think that they know something that's different or, you know, kind of like, oh, I've been around longer. I know X, Y, Z, but I don't feel like those are really questions when you have that trust with somebody, regardless of their age. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. I think when we're talking about the kinds of leaders, what we think is important in a great leader. And um, I think those skills are transferable or let's see, they kind of transcend age in most ways. Um, but I, but I do think um, one of the things, Taylor, you should talk about this because we kind of chatted about the difference in um, Gen Zers and the speed at which they want things to move. <laughs> I think that as far as younger generations go, they're, they're growing up in a world that's significantly different as far as like being like overstimulated with social media and things like that, especially with things like TikTok and stuff out there, their brain is going a million miles a minute and they're just ready to go onto the next, onto the next. And it's harder for them to sit down and focus for a longer period of time. So I think being in leadership in general, knowing who you're team is and who your audience is and how to being a good leader is finding ways that you can accommodate both, right? So a lot of people can sit down for a long period of time and focus on one thing, but a lot of the newer, like younger generations can't, they're not used to having to sit 
in one spot and do something for a period of time until it's done. It's more like they're having to take more frequent breaks or things like that so that they can stay engaged in the work that they're currently doing. So I think in that aspect, you have to find different things that can make it more engaging for them um, so that they can stay on task and doing what they need to do. My work currently has a ping pong table downstairs for people to take breaks and to be up and moving a different way so that they can take a break and come back and be able to sit down and focus. Um, and I think that's actually super awesome and really helpful, especially when we have a wide variety of generations working with us. It definitely is a way that they can kind of have that busyness that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's something that's significantly different that I don't know that we've had to deal with much um, until recently. Yeah, I think I think it's I think the awareness factor is the most important. The awareness of of the leader, knowing who you know the the needs of the people you lead, and that they're not the same. Don't have an expectation that everyone has the same needs or goals or understanding or whatever. Just being able to to recognize the differences and and. You have to sometimes learn as a leader to be able to know how to manage differently with different people. Yeah, because sometimes it's not a a function of age necessarily. Right. right. It can be a function of culture. It can be a function of all kinds of things mm -hmm. that you're trying to understand where the other person is coming from. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm wondering how experienced leaders can help newer leaders. What would you love to see, Taylor, to help you along? I think just my leaders being an example. When I see other people su succeed in what they're doing, it makes me be like, okay, what are they doing? How can I do what they're doing? Or what isn't working for someone? And so I think it comes down to like, obviously, even if I am a leader, I'm always going to have other leaders and having someone I can like look up to and kind of just see how are they doing things. I don't know everything. I never will, but kind of finding different ways like, oh, maybe I should try this, or I like the way that they go about doing this. I think just having someone to kind of bounce either ideas off of, or just like having that role model. Um, and my Nana has been a huge role model for me, even though we haven't been in the same state uh, most of my life. She's definitely been someone that I've looked up to and helped me be the leader I am today. And almost like helped me want to like, know what I wanted to do. She's always been in management. I've always admired that. I'm like, she's so cool. She gets to lead all these people and she's so good at it. She talks about wanting to mentor um, or mentoring and stuff like that. And she's phenomenal at it um, and definitely been my mentor growing up. Mm. <laughs> Get the tissues for a moment. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Tony. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, I think that, I don't know, I'm, I'm just trying to think about the, the different experiences that I've had. I think that I, I do love mentoring, but I feel like what makes me a better leader and what I actually love the most is getting to learn from those I lead. Because it's sort of like when you teach, right? When you're, especially at the level that you're teaching at the college level, there's so much they can teach us and I think when, when, when leaders come to their teams wanting to learn from them as well, that also builds trust and that also builds confidence in them. I think I learn more, I've always learned more from my staff or my kids or 
um, that my students than than probably the people that were leaving me. Yeah, I got this list. Um, I think we've touched on so many of the aspects of how we can help younger generational leaders. And I'll just list them. Uh, one was to listen without judgment, you know, just hear what's going on and just really listen, give your time, give quality feedback was another one offer to do some tasks or some projects uh, to help things out. Oh, be an accountability partner, which is kind of a cool way to look at mentoring somebody like being able to just hold space for you on something like that. Um, teach, empower. And I love the last one, which was care. Yeah. yeah. You have to start with that. Yeah. Let's put that one at the top. <laughs> but um, I thought that list was pretty good um, because I do think sometimes you just need to vent change the emotion from inside you getting it out and someone saying, totally get it. Totally get it. Yeah. Well, is there anything else? I just have loved this, so, this conversation so much. I think we checked all our boxes, but just want to check in with you. I have one other thought that I think it's really important for people who either are leaders or want to be leaders. And that's ask yourself why, like, why do you want to be a leader? Because your motivation will determine the kind of leader you are and how successful. And I think we're talking about all the things that matter to us and what we would want in a leader. And so that's the kind of leader we want to be. Um, and I think my, like my reason for wanting to be a leader isn't to have power. I really, really don't care about that. I really, really want to help people. And I love seeing people succeed and being part of that. So I think asking ourselves that question helps us kind of figure out how we'll do as a leader. So I guess on that note, ladies, we will bring our conversation to an end. Although I think we could keep going all night on this. I'll have it in the show notes uh, in case anybody wants to, you know, ask you some questions or follow up uh, how we'll do that. Anything else before we head out? Hey, maybe I got one idea. What maybe one leader who we, who you admire can be somebody today or somebody in the past that really kind of symbolizes a lot of these aspects for you? Who would that be? I'll go first. <laughs> for me, I mean, I've already kind of said it, but for me, it really is my Nana, just because I feel like I am still really early in my different careers that I've tried to go through. Um, and I've actually, I feel like had a lot of leaders that I struggled with. Um, and someone that always always got me through those hard times was my Nana and knowing that it is possible to lead a different way. And there's not just one way things can be done. Um, and seeing her example and how she leads her teams or, you know, whatever job she was in at the time just made me have a new awareness. of like, I can choose what kind of leader I want to be. And I don't have to just stand by and, you know, be unhappy in the situation I'm in. 
I can go out and find a new way. And, you know, I can be that leader that I feel like I'm lacking or that I haven't seen or felt from my other jobs. So growing up, she's always really been someone that I've always looked up to and in all aspects of things. So (laughs) that's really hard to talk after that. (laughs) I think so too. I think that's a really great place to end. Oh, thank you again for being with us ladies and, and getting us started here in 2023. So appreciate you being here. It's really great. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for listening today. And we sure hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And also join our public Facebook group, Girl Take the Lead. You can also visit our website, girltaketheleadpod.com if you ever want to hear any of the episodes. And we'd love to hear about your experience with other generations that you might manage. Definitely just drop me a line at yo at yocanny.com. It'd be great to hear from you. And we have our winter quarterly newsletter about ready to send out. So if you haven't gotten one in the past, you can also contact me in my email and I'd be happy to add you to our list. And we don't share your email with anybody. Next week, we'll have a special episode to celebrate the completion of our first year. Woohoo! <laughs> can you believe it? We'll look ahead to how our personal brand is changing and pivoting a little bit. Can't wait to share that all with you next week. So take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.